From the authentic soul of Bernie Siegel, MD, comes Mind Health Matters, a show that reflects Bernie's passion to reach people struggling with all of life's challenges, not just the physical ones, so that each person can live life fully with the understanding that, as Bernie reminds us, we only have today. Believing that we are all here to love one another, each in our own unique way, Bernie has crafted eternal truths and the timeless wisdom of the ages. Join Bernie as he shares his powerful journey through life while offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom. Welcome everyone, I'm Deborah, and you're listening to Mind Health Matters with Dr. Bernie Siegel. And um, if you're tuning in for the first time, we are a Boston-based, full-producing internet radio station with all the bells and whistles. You can listen to us in the car, at home, um, on your mobile devices, or even ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 radio. Well, Bernie has had quite a time for the last um, three months, and so we welcome him back, and he's going to share with us um, all that has transpired and all his thoughts about uh, what's been happening uh, in his life and all around. Now, um, if you don't know Dr. Bernie Siegel, he is a revered thought leader, retired surgeon, and a prolific author, and he's a pioneer uh, in educating other doctors and the medical system on the mind-body connection. He is now 90 years old. So, Bernie, how are you doing? Um, I know you've been through a lot, but you have two new furry girlfriends. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, being 90 is not always easy. I'm exceptionally well for a 90-year-old. You know, when you think about it, I don't really take any... Well, I have some medications now because I had a heart arrhythmia related to the death of my wife. You know, it broke my heart. And um, Mm -hmm. so I take some medications for my heart. Um, but I think for most 90-year-olds, I'm doing damn well, and uh, we'll keep at it. Uh, yes, you keep, are. You know, thinking of things I like to do, and it, it's more about sharing experience and trying to make things easier for people. Um, my latest theme, if, if I can take a minute to tell you, that popped into my head was why... Did God, because this was something I read by somebody on Facebook, you know, about God and all the problems Mm -hmm. God causes. And it was, why does God make things in so many colors? And I'm not talking about people to begin with. Uh, Why do we have bears? That's a name. I've started an article that, you know, black bears, um, brown bears, polar bears, <laughs> you know, you've got, why do that? What's the point? And what occurred to me is that God is being wise. See, on the other hand, what color are we inside? When you say that to kid, little kids at school, say, where are we all alike? They all point at their hearts. Mm-hmm. When you say to adults, where are we all alike? I have a picture of one of of us, and you can't tell who it is. What's it a picture of? 
and they look at me, especially if I'm speaking to a group of black people, and think, what kind of idiot is he? He's white, we're black. But my answer ultimately, <laughs> well, one minister, black minister, said, our hearts. And I said, yeah. See, I know he would say that because he and I are alike in terms of our beliefs about people and everything mm-hmm. else. And what I realized was, though, there's even more benefit in it because we had, our neighbor had some rabbits and two of them, a black one and a white one, got away. And uh, we put out a trap, a have a heart trap, they're called. They don't get hurt walking in, but it closes when they do. And put some food in and hoped that they would make it through the night. But the next morning, my wife and I saw that only the black rabbit was in the heart uh, trap. And I realized it's because the predators didn't see him at night. The white one stood out. And so couldn't make it through the night. And I thought, you know, God is thinking about that too. You grow up in a wooded area that's dark, you're better off being black. Because if you're white, you're going to stand out and other animals can grab you and chew you up. Oh, and it was funny mm. what was in, um, on like the computer, you know, news, uh, where they send you pictures and different things. It showed the picture of... Um, Oh, an animal, I forgot what the, you know, where we get the fur to make things with. Um, what's the word I want? Ay, ay, ay. You know, it's like, let's say you had a sheep, okay? And it said that this animal was never shaved. It's just been wandering around for years. And they showed a picture of it. And you, can, you can't see the animal. It's like a ball of fur. You see a little face sticking out of the fur. And I thought, yeah, this creature... Oh, and what it went on to say is the reason the animal was alive, he's been attacked many times, but nobody can chew him up because he's so covered with fur, they get a mouthful of fur. And I thought... That's interesting. Yeah. If we weren't shaving all these animals, they wouldn't be endangered. Um and the same with a white, like the polar bear. Uh, you don't want to be a black bear in Alaska where you have all the snow. So you're a polar bear. And there's mm-hmm. wisdom in everything. And as a surgeon, as I said, that's why I always say to people, where are we all alike? And it's inside. See, I don't need to get a, a book of pictures of people to say, okay, bring me the black book people, bring me the white book people, <laughs> the yellow book people. You're all the same. I know where your appendix is. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so you've been them. doing a lot of thinking and thought process, deep thinking. Yeah, I, I don't know what there is about me, but it's like my mind takes over. I see things I can't explain, let's say. And um, mm-hmm. then it's, why does that happen? What's going on? And, um, well, one of the things on a personal level, um, I can remember drawing a picture for Elizabeth Kubler-Ross when I was trying to help myself in the sense of dealing with all the crazy things that God does to people, you know, all the diseases <laughs> and problems. And 
So I was at the workshop, and Elizabeth said, Bernie, draw a picture for me. So I drew this outdoor scene, and she looked at it, and the first thing she said was, what are you covering up? I said, what are you talking about? She said, you used a white crayon on a white piece of paper. You didn't need the white crayon. You added a layer. What are you covering up? And it was the reason I had come. It was all the pain of being a doctor that you're not trained to deal with. You know, people die. You can't cure things. People suffer. And uh, those are things. It's like made no sense. You know, again, questioning God. Why did you do this to people? Um, mm-hmm. But if it were but don't you world, believe that a lot of things are not done by God? They're actually done yeah. by the human race. Yeah. I mean, we're like the tools. But mm-hmm. what I'm thinking, is, I, that's why I use the word God in a sort of a different way, um, you know, in terms of meaning. I don't mean somebody sitting somewhere deciding. Right, all, right. But, um, yeah, there are people that do. If world, too. we'd all be going nuts. You know, what am I going to do today? There's nothing to do. <laughs> so mm. it, it's when we have meaning, you know, it's like God with skin on. Let's put it that way. We can help others and do things for others. And uh, I learned a lot from that drawing because Elizabeth was asking me questions and I kept thinking, how the hell does she know about that? How does she know to ask me that? <laughs> and it was all on this picture. And it led me to go back to the hospital in my office with crayons and start telling mm. my patients to draw pictures. And boy. Oh, that was, was the amazing. beginning of when you started asking your patients to draw? Yeah. That oh. started it. I carried mm-hmm. around a box of crayons, and somebody had a stomach ache in the emergency room. Draw a picture while we're waiting for the lab work. Or somebody in the office, draw yourself in the operating room. We're getting chemotherapy. And you had, again, literally, some people had the treatment coming out of God, and others had the devil giving me poison. That literally mm-hmm. what one lady drew. And you know she's going to have a side effect to every single treatment, while the person getting treatment from God is not. So it's... You know, we can be God with skin on. That was a term I like to use. Um, mm-hmm. that, that we're instruments <laughs> of God. And we're here to be co-creators and do all kinds of things. And that right. people don't, they underestimate their power. God has given us a hell of a lot of talent. You know, I agree. Yeah, you think of this. If we didn't have all the repair mechanisms, you cut your finger. Why don't you bleed to death? Because what's mm. built into you, the ability to heal, the ability to stop bleeding, all those right. things. Right, right. And, and the body and, is and, a magnificent machine when you think about it, um, especially if you've world. been sick recently and then you're on the other side of it. It's like, wow, yeah. it's amazing what the body can do all by itself. Right. And I was going to get back to... Uh, Oh, uh, what was I going to say? The My mind is just running so fast. Um, <laughs> you remember before I got off into all the drawings, what 
You were talking about the colors of animals, the polar bears, and... Uh, anyway, what it, it, it sort of, in a sense, led me to was how much I didn't know about life and creation mm-hmm. and all the things that went on in people. And, you know, that God is really there to help us. Um, and the thing I always tell people is if you have a mystical experience, talk about it with everybody. Don't hide it. If they say you're crazy, fine. Let them say you're crazy. But one day they'll have a mystical experience and they'll call you and say, oh, I got to talk to you about this. What I had happened to me. You see, and that's what happened to me because I became the crazy doctor at the hospital. So all the patients, and they weren't even my patients, would page me, call me, say, I need to talk to you. Everybody else thinks I'm crazy. Can you come to my room? (laughs) And you'd be amazed at the stories I heard. Uh, Well, one, I won't get into the whole book that she wrote, but the lady had a heart-lung transplant. And she called me, and I came to her room. She said that the person who gave her the heart and lungs is talking to her in her dreams. Gave her his name, uh, told her me we're together forever. And when we looked up obituaries all over the state of Connecticut, we found his name. And the family mm-hmm. said, yes, it's his heart and lungs are in the woman. Oh, and she had taken a motorcycle ride, and she'd never done that her whole life. And he loved motorcycles and had died in an accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said to her one night, we're together forever. So she wrote a book called The Change of Heart by Claire Sylvia. But you see, I never would have heard that if I weren't that crazy doctor. And right. I Your mind and heart was open. Yeah. We're the open. Mystics call me to say, I have a message from you, from one of your patients who died. It's like, What? What are you talking about? And then she told me his name, what happened to him. And when I called his wife, she was so shocked. Yes, that's what happened. Um, Mm. You know, it's like, how do you know this? And I said, the mystic call. And even when my wife died, I thought it would test my mystic friend. My wife died on a Friday, Sunday morning, the phone rang. Hi, Bernie. Your wife is fine. She's back together with friends and family. And a lovely lady who was an opera singer got in touch with me to tell me that she's doing well. What do you think my wife's mother was in her life? I know, but please an share. Opera singer. Yeah, right. Yes. Now, Isn't that, that something? That, that Her name is Monique. How could she know all these things? So I have no right. hesitancy saying to people, you want to know what happened to your loved one? Call up Monique. She'll get a message for you. And nobody yes. has ever called me and said, you're crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Everybody's impressed. And, uh, you know, you quiet your mind, amazing things can happen. And that's what right. I learned. And, and that's what brings comfort. Yeah, it's taking care of people. That's what doctors don't do. They treat diseases and diagnoses. What do you think Mm. 90 medical students drew when I said to them, please draw yourselves working as a doctor? What do you think they drew? 
Well, I know the answer to that. Um, they drew all kinds of pictures of themselves treating yeah. patients. No, they weren't but, treating patients. They were sitting at themselves. a desk with yes. a diploma on the wall behind them. There was not... Oh, in only one drawing was there a patient. This was 90 students. The first time I did this, I was so shocked I couldn't believe it. One mm. student drew a patient sitting in a wheelchair, and he was handing her a tissue. See, that's mm-hmm. really being a doctor. You're helping someone, not writing yes. a prescription or operating on her. And uh, that's what changed me and how I learned. And so far... Mm. In all the years, I've been writing to doctors and medical schools saying, when you get an application, tell the student to add a drawing of themselves working as a doctor and send it with Mm. the application to medical school. And in all the years recently, I got a note back saying, that's an interesting idea. Nobody else has ever said, that's a great idea, we'll do that. Not one medical school has ever agreed to do it. <laughs> you must have been inspired by that person to well, actually... one, yeah. I, yeah. I have hope now. Um, but I, I, you'd think the medical schools would say, that's a great idea. You know, we'll mm. know who, who to really accept when they care about people. And not just about, yeah, because, I mean, like one student drew a bunch of equipment, you know, stethoscope, cardiogram, things like that, um, and not even a person in the picture. So right. they're not treating people. They're not caring yeah. for people. And uh, let me jump back to where I was. I have a period in my life I call the cover-up. See, most people know I have a shaved head. And I came to a point where I couldn't help it. I had to shave my head. I had a fight with the barber because he knew the family would yell at him. But he shaved my head when I lied to him and said, I'll go on vacation. Um, And my wife almost fainted when she saw me at the office because she came down that day. Uh, But again, what happened at the hospital? Everybody started talking to me because, again, they Mm -hmm. knew he's got a problem. So I can talk mm-hmm. to him, and um, what I and that was about, back when they didn't shave heads. Yeah, no, no. Everybody's hair was down to their shoulders then. And, right. Um, I painted a portrait of myself in a cap, mask, and gown, and I that same year, and I named it the High Priest, and mm-hmm. that puzzled me. I didn't even understand. Why would you call it the high priest? Because I put it in a show and I put the label on it. And that's when Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the, what are you covering up, Barney? What are you covering up? And Jung said the reason monks shave their head is to uncover their spirituality. Mm. And when I read that, because that same year that I did the painting, I shaved, well, I had the barber shave my head. And I thought, wow. And then I named it the high priest. And I thought what I needed to do was uncover my spirituality, not mm. a bunch of skin. And That's so, deep. Yeah. And I call that, you know, the cover-up period. 
And now I've uncovered mm-hmm. all those things um, to put them out there and share them with people and hope that someday they'll uncover what's within them and share it. Right. And I also met an angel. Um, there's a program, well, I don't know if you're familiar with IANDS. I-A-N-D-S, yeah, Institute for the Advancement of Near-Death, you know, Experiences. And uh, I was on that, it's a group meeting, um, and they had a guest, a rabbi who had had uh, near-death experiences and was sharing things. And I loved it because so much of it was similar to what I've been through. Um, Mm -hmm. And... I met someone who came up to me, and this is a spirit, and said, Hi, my name is George. And George saved my life when I was three years old because I was choking on a toy I took apart and had put in my mouth, imitating carpenters who were in our house, holding nails in their mouth. And I started to choke on those pieces. They slipped down my throat. And, uh, oh, the pain was incredible, trying to breathe. And and suddenly, I had no pain. And I thought, oh, you're dead. That's good. You don't hurt anymore. Then I realized, no, you're not, you know, you're dead out of your body. That's why you're not hurting. And my body was lying there in our house where I had taken this toy apart and put all the pieces in my mouth. And then I saw the body picked up. And I didn't know what was happening in those days. I was like three and a half years old. But I realized later a Heimlich maneuver was done on the kid. The pieces came flying out, and I started breathing again and was, boom, sucked back into my body. What do you think my first words were after I was sucked back into my body? Who did that? Yes, dear, you've heard me say that. (laughs) Yes. I was yes. so annoyed that I wasn't dead. <clears throat> because when you're three years old, boy, was it interesting to be out of your body. I bet. I bet. Well, but, I want to hear more about that. But right. we need to take a quick break, Bernie. And everyone listening will be back in a moment. Don't go away. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Why are we here? How can we be happy? Questions asked from millennials to boomers. Crappy to happy. Sacred stories of transformational joy answers them using true stories of grit, grace, and love. James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, wrote in the foreword, This book is a seminar about emerging truths and offers grounded solutions through the art of the comeback. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a contributing author, wrote, Bodies die, but spirits and consciousness survive and recycle. So, grab some tissues, open your book, and prepare to cry and laugh till it heals. Crappy to Happy by Reverend Ariel Patricia and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and booksellers worldwide. 
Dr. Bernie Siegel's writings and the 12 books he's published so far reflect his passion to reach people struggling with all of life's challenges. His latest, A Book of Miracles, inspiring true stories of healing, gratitude, and love, is both riveting and belief-expanding. Bernie has produced wonderful resources for everyone, like 365 Prescriptions for the Soul, Daily Messages of Inspiration, Hope, and Love, and Faith, Hope, and Healing. Bernie's books also include those like Love, Magic, and Mud Pies, a great resource for parents, and delightful loving stories like Buddy's Candle to help children of all ages cope with the loss of a loved one, be it a pet or a parent. To purchase Bernie's books, CDs, or DVDs, go to BernieSiegelMD.com. And while you're there, empower the mind, body, and spirit with Bernie's heartwarming articles. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we are back. You're listening to Mind Health Matters with the Dr. Bernie Siegel. And you can hear his show every Thursday and Friday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Now, you can contact Bernie by going on his website. He's got a new website, BernieSiegelMD.com. Siegel is S-I-E-G-E-L, BernieSiegelMD.com. You can see all his books, um, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, So anyway, um, everyone, uh, back with Bernie. Now, um, one of the things that I thought of which I think is phenomenal, is here you are 90 and you can still recall what you experienced when you were three years old and what it felt like. Yeah. So well, um, so it must you, have been such a profound experience. Oh, yeah. You have a near-death experience. You don't forget it. Mm. <laughs> You're out of your body looking down, uh, you know, at yourself. It's incredible. And I, yeah. the thing that I don't forget also, the first words out of my mouth when I didn't die were, who did that? I was mad mm-hmm. as hell. Who did that? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're three and a half years old and you're out of your body floating around, I mean, who wants to have a body again and be limited and have all those things happen? So I was thrilled, you know, to not I have bet. a body. I mean, I can remember, oh, it's so vivid in my mind. I thought, but your mother's going to find you dead. And I thought, oh, I don't mind. Let her find me dead. I'd rather be out of my body. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. Um, and, oh, boy, when my mother came in, she shrieked because she realized I had almost choked 
and all the pieces were lying there and vomit and everything. <laughs> yeah. But, Do you find it but, fascinating, Bernie, that some people have the near-death experiences and others don't? They they stay on the other side? You know, I'd love to know, you know, how that comes about or how... You know, do we make our choices on the day that we actually go on the other side and we stay there, we don't come back and be able to tell everyone? a mechanical thing, not a choice. Okay. When it happens, you lose your consciousness. And then what steps forward is the, the... Oh, what shall I say? When the consciousness and the body separate, the consciousness doesn't die. So the images, the experiences can come forward. So you don't necessarily see, you know, the physical aspects or feel them. But you still can see and think and have a consciousness. There's no other word for it. Um, you know, when people have the near-death experience, when they have a dream about the past, when they go to a therapist who hypnotizes them, uh, all these things that people have done to them, and it's amazing what can come forward. You can call it out of their brain, but where, uh, who knows where it's stored. Um, and back into their consciousness so they see it and can function with it and make use of it rather than it just be... You know, it's like if somebody said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a musician. Um, You'd say, why did you choose that? Um, And again, it can be related to a past life when you were a musician. Right, that's true. Um, Or I believe that. But why are some people able to come back? Why are they experiencing near-death experiences? Well, let me tell you what my friend George, my angel, said. Okay. Because I said, who did that? I preferred being dead. And later on, I didn't talk to George about this right away. I said to him, you know, I would have preferred dying. Why couldn't I die? And he said, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. You weren't supposed to die when you're three years old. So I was sent to bring you back. And then he stayed with me my whole life. And uh, has always been there. And somebody, he talks to me. See, that's the other thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, these were not things that I immediately knew. Oh, I have an angel, blah, blah, blah. But I began to hear voices when I was alone, out jogging, all kinds of things in my life. And I'd hear somebody say something to me, and I'd note it and do it. And it was always something that was meant to be or that happened. Um, mm-hmm. And you'd say, well, how does he know? How do... But it's a different world, yeah. And let me say, other people have seen him. That's the part that really shook me. Yes. Because when I was lecturing... I realized I wasn't deciding what to say. Now, that may sound crazy, but it was more like I was an instrument talking what was put into me, about what was put into me. 
and I would just get up on stage, and I always came with notes, you know, but then I noticed you're not paying attention to your notes and the outline you made. And then one night, a young lady in the audience came up when I was done and said, there was a man standing in front of you for the entire lecture, so I drew his picture for you. And it was George. And then I realized who was doing the talking. And then most amazing was speaking at a Christian funeral of a friend. And Alga Worrell, who is a mystic, also knew him and was there. As the people who attended were leaving to go to the cemetery, she and I were standing next to each other, and she said to me, Bernie, are you Jewish? I said, what are you asking me that for? Because I spoke at a Christian funeral? No, there's a rabbi standing next to you. And mm-hmm. she described George in total detail. And I understood then why I had questioned what he was wearing when I first met him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like a suit and a tie kind of guy. And so I knew that that was George. And he's been with me all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had times when I could have been seriously injured or killed. Okay, just so people know, you step off your roof and a wooden ladder has rotted and breaks. And you fall off the roof to the ground. And on the way down, I just said, hey, relax. If you die, you die. And I was totally at peace. And I hit the Mm -hmm. ground with my feet. The soles of my shoes hit the ground. And I thought, how the hell did that happen? You know, it was like somebody took me and put me down. Now, I toppled over because the force was powerful. But I had no serious injury, no trip to the emergency room, nothing. Uh, Wow. How long ago was that, Bernie? Oh, God. Probably 30 or 40 years ago. Oh, wow. Or more. Um, We're still in the same house. Um, (laughs) Oh, but here's one to laugh about. I said to people, I must have an angel. I don't know how, you know, I didn't get hurt or anything. And a guy said, what did you say when the ladder broke? I said, oh, shit. He said, that's your (laughs) angel's name. And that guy, I mean it, I thank him for that. Because sure. imagine tripping or something happening. Yeah, I was riding a bike and we skidded on the ice and I'm flying through the air and I'm yelling, oh, shit. And I busted <laughs> out laughing while flying through the air. So when I hit the ground, I was totally relaxed and wasn't hurt at all. So I jumped Amazing. up, get back on the bike, and off we went. And yeah. I really always thank that guy for you know, that comment by him, I know your angel's name, uh, hmm. because it, it, it does work, it helps you. And um, Right. So do you think that we all have a certain day that when that time comes, we're going? Oh, I think we... that it, it's not, you know, picked out ahead of time, but I think when you create your life, that's what, gives you the opportunity. If you're out there helping people, yeah, you're going to live a longer, healthier life than if you're out there robbing people and, you know, doing things that are only good for you. It's not going to work. So, 
you know, uh, I'd say learn to live your authentic, meaningful life. See, mm. My father's father died of tuberculosis when he was a kid. And one day I heard my father, who was one of six children, and I heard how horrible it was when the father died, uninsured, uh, just for them to survive. And so one day when I heard him say to some people interviewing him, one of the best things that happened to me was my father dying when I was six years old. That night I said to him, Ted, why did you say that crazy, stupid thing? You're always telling me all the terrible things that happened. He said, yeah, but they taught me what was important about life. <laughs> so my parents were wonderful therapists. They weren't therapists. I mean, they were wonderful parents, you know, with the They were wise beyond their years. Yeah. And I always say they gave me mottos to live by, not to mm -hmm. die by. So, you know, God is redirecting you. Do what makes you happy. We're here to help other people. Used to drive me crazy when I was a kid, all these nice things they would always say when I was having a horrible day and I asked them for advice. You know, I would, what used to happen, I mean this literally, I'd think, oh, my parents are no help. And I'd go to my bedroom, shut the door and say, all right, God, you got to help me. My parents don't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would have conversations with God. Uh, because one of the things that got me was my mother always saying, God is redirecting you. Something good will come of this. It's like, Ma, did you hear what I said happened to me in school today? Yes, God is redirecting. <laughs> 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 oh, I didn't want to talk to my mother after things like that. But you see, then something might happen. Oh, there's one guy who told me a story. You'll understand what I mean. He's fired from his job. He's driving home that day, and his car breaks down in the middle of nowhere on the way home. And he doesn't know how to get help, what to do. And while he's standing next to his car, a guy pulls up and says, Do you need any help? He said, Yeah, my car broke down. I have no way of connecting with anybody. Uh, the guy said, um, Well, get in my car. I'll take you to the garage. I can come back and help you. And while they're driving to the garage... He talks to him about what happened today. Why are you driving home at this hour? He told him he was fired from his job. He said, oh, what kind of job did you do? The guy tells him. And the other fellow said, oh, I'm looking for somebody with that occupation. I'll hire you. So here he is getting his car fixed and has a new job. You know, and one mm -hmm. of what he was thinking is the worst day of my life. Um, and it turns out to be the best. And exactly. that's when, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross would say, Bernie, there are no coincidences. And that's I know right. from, and we have past lives. People need to understand that. Um, what is reborn, well, what should I say? It's your, your spirit, your psyche, whatever word you want to use, uh, but your body is left. And then it, your psyche, yourself can enter into a new body. And why some kids have incredible talents at a young age, um, why we pick certain occupations. But I learned mm. it's the uncovering. You see, when my mother would say, do what makes you happy, that never occurred to me 
to be what I did because it was what do you think is the best thing to do? And um, so it wasn't about feelings. But I learned, yeah, pay attention to what feels right and will guide you. Right. Feeling is everything. Yeah. Um, and those are the things that we... We remember, we always remember how someone made us feel. Um, yes. So we need to take our break, Bernie. Uh, so we'll be back, everyone, more with a conversation with Bernie Siegel, MD. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Dr. Bernie Siegel's writings and the 12 books he's published so far reflect his passion to reach people struggling with all of life's challenges. His latest, A Book of Miracles, inspiring true stories of healing, gratitude, and love, is both riveting and belief-expanding. Bernie has produced wonderful resources for everyone, like 365 Prescriptions for the Soul, Daily Messages of Inspiration, Hope, and Love, and Faith, Hope, and Healing. Bernie's books also include those like Love, Magic, and Mud Pies, a great resource for parents, and delightful loving stories like Buddy's Candle to help children of all ages cope with the loss of a loved one, be it a pet or a parent. To purchase Bernie's books, CDs, or DVDs, go to BernieSiegelMD.com. And while you're there, empower the mind, body, and spirit with Bernie's heartwarming articles. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times bestselling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through Mayhem to Miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we are back continuing our conversation with Dr. Bernie Siegel on his show, Mind Health Matters. And as mentioned earlier, it's every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. And Bernie's website is BernieSiegelMD.com. And he has written 17 books. Um, So we'll be talking about all kinds of different things as we go along. Um, But one of the things I wanted to ask you, Bernie, where we're only in a, a couple of weeks into 2023, what do you see for the world for this year? Well, it could be a wonderful one because my wife was born on the 9th. I was born on the 14th. So this is a 23 year. Yeah. And that could be special. Because yes, numbers it could. really imply and, and contain meaning. It's not just a number. 
You know, I was talking about how my wife died. Well, she died on the 18th. That's tomorrow of January. And it'll be five years, you know. Already five years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She died January 18th. Yeah. I'm sorry, January 19th. 2018, so one more day, uh, okay. and 2018 is is the five years, yeah. Um, but well, the numbers, you see, why I get sucked in by the nines. She was born on 9-9, nine, nine. and after she died, everything contained nines. We could do a whole program on this. But um, nine months after she died, I had an arrhythmia in my heart, and went to the emergency room. And to make a long story short, as soon as I walked in the Yale emergency room, somebody yelled, put him in room nine. Mm-hmm. And they told me I had to wait till tomorrow to get a room in the hospital. And it was 189. So I knew it was a 99, and they waited. And then my wristband, it blew my mind. And I was so busy showing it to everybody, they got annoyed with me. Because they would say, <laughs> yes, yes, we know, it's all nines. But it was like three six, you know, nine nine, six three. Everything in the wristband added up to nines. Yes. And I I still have kept copies of it. And my wife still communicates with me. Sometimes it's a ten and a one, a dime and a penny somewhere, which we're married on the eleventh. Most mm-hmm. of the time she uses the clock in the bedroom. And And I, what I happens there? It. All the numbers add up to nine. You know, it, it's like something will come into my head and say, look at the clock. And I'll open my eyes in the middle of the night and it'll be five three, five thirty one. Well, it adds up to nine. Yes. And it's just amazing how often that happens. I mean, it can't be a coincidence, you know, that, oh, you're just opening your eyes and that's the clock. It, mm-hmm. it, numbers are always combinations. Um have you seen her? The, like a no. 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 Okay. I'm sure you see her in your dreams. Oh yeah. I mean, her presence, her consciousness, is there. Mm-hmm. So, but she uses numbers to attract my attention and to guide me and uh, and help me. And mm. she doesn't talk in 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 words, but I like know things in my head, you know, that I should do, uh, yes. where to go, how to drive. Uh, I mean, it's like she knows some things about the future, so she'll give me advice, and I'll follow it. Yeah, and it makes a difference. Yeah, good. Now, you were um, talking about reincarnation just a little bit ago. Do you, yeah. how do you feel about karma? Do you believe in that? About what? Comma. Oh, what do you mean? K A R M A. Oh, karma. Okay, I didn't hear the R. Um, yes. I mean, I know we have had past lives. You say, how do I know? Because I've had them. Mm-hmm. And I met my wife in the past one. Um, I was a knight in Ireland, and. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but uh, it it taught me a lot about my life. And I went to get help from a therapist because in it, 
my lord, where I was working as a knight in Ireland, said, I want you to kill the neighbor's daughter. He's driving me crazy, the way he's treating our property, and I can't get him to stop. I said, why don't I kill him? No, I want you to kill her and teach him a lesson. And what if I don't? I'll kill you. So I went. And uh, I told them I was passing through, could I have a night, you know, at the, their uh, castle. And they said, sure, sure. And I found out where this young lady's room was at night. And I went there, went in with my sword. She had a dog and I killed it because I thought it was going to attack me. But that woke her up and I looked and it was my wife and I chopped her head off. Mm. I brought it back to my Lord and I said, here, you happy now? He said, I didn't do this. You did. Mm. And I went for therapy. And I've always questioned in the Bible, why did Abraham accept God's request of him sacrificing his son? And why Jesus creates miracles? Why the hell don't you jump off the cross and impress everybody? And the therapist I was talking to said, Bernie, do you hear what you're saying? What? You keep saying, my Lord, my Lord. I said, it's the Lord of the castle. He said, no, Bernie, it's your Lord. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. I went home. And when the Lord said, I want you to kill your neighbor's daughter, I relived it. And I said, okay, I'm going. And then I heard, no. What I want you to do, now that I know you have faith, is to bring them here and let us work this out. So I go to that same castle. I lie to them and tell them I'm passing through. Could I have a night, you know, room for the night? They said, Why? And then I told them later that night what was really going on. And would they please come with me? back to my castle, and I would protect them and stand in front of them. And they said, all right, we believe we can trust you from the way you're acting. So the next day we all went to talk to my Lord. And we walked in, and I you know, said, here they are. And he immediately said, oh, I see that you two have fallen in love. And he said, you know what we'll do? You two get married. We'll give you the land as a wedding gift. And then there's nothing for us to fight over anymore. Perfect. And this came, as I say, in a vision to me. You know, I didn't make this up. I was in a right. dream. Yeah. And who, who was that young lady? It was my wife. Yes. Imagine what it was like chopping her head off and carrying no. it back to my Lord and saying, you happy now? Yeah. And it's, you know, and for him to say, I didn't do it. You did it. Yeah. Um, I bet you spent a lot of time pondering that. Yeah. I had to learn about faith. Well, that's why I went to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm crying. Imagine chopping your wife's head off. I mean, yeah, I crazy stuff. Every time I had that memory. So I went yeah. to the therapist. And uh, that's why as soon as he said, Bernie, to hear what you're saying, my Lord. 
I said, mm-hmm. yes, the Lord of the castle. No, Bernie, it's your Lord. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, did that flip me over. Yeah. Yes. You know, to realize it's your Lord and it's okay to do what the Lord asks of you if you have faith mm-hmm. in the right Lord. And that, mm-hmm. that has taught me a lot about myself and religion and all kinds of things. That we all need to have faith. But what do we have faith in, you see? I mean, I'm all right. bringing up good old Donald Trump. Um, oh, gee. You know, if his parents had brought him up to have faith in the Lord, not faith in money, you know, and impress us, you know, uh, tell us what you're going to be when you grow up so we can tell everybody. Um, yeah, he's his right. own Lord. There's a lot of pondering that goes on when you think about different adults, what kind of childhood they may have had. It's that parenting. Colored, yes, okay. that colored the way they are you. as an adult. But it's parenting that turns people into who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harvard students were asked, do your parents love you? If they said no, 95% of them had suffered a major illness by middle age. Mm-hmm. If they said yes, 24% had suffered a major illness. Why? So you yeah. want to have healthy kids, love them. Yes, it has a physical effect on immune system and everything else, but it's also yes. how they take care of themselves see, when they grow up with that love. And, yes. Uh, you know, I learned that from my parents, and I tried to do it with our kids. To, uh, and I'm sure you did, you well, and Bobby. I know they feel love, but we have five kids, and they still some of them drive you nuts. But, you know, it, it's nuts in a different way, if you know what I mean that there's still love there and relationships and all the things that go into it. Um, You know, we're all going to die someday. So it's not about feeling guilty because you're going to die. But when you love your life, you don't die when you're supposed to. Uh, You know, it prolongs your life by what goes on in your body. Let me tell you a couple more stories. One was a lady who didn't like her body because she had polio as a child. And lost a lot of muscle. And then as an adult, she developed a neurological disease, which was taking her life away. And she said, I don't want to die not liking my body. I didn't hear from her for a while. Then I got a call. Bernie, I started lying down naked in front of a mirror. And I loved my body inch by inch, all the way up from the tip of my toes to the top of my head. And she said, I've gone into complete remission. I'm not dying anymore. Mm, that's beautiful. I would recommend to all of you, love your body. You change yes, it. Yes, I totally it. agree with that, Bernie. Yeah. And um, it's, it's time to um, say goodbye because we... We have uh, had quite a conversation, but that's a beautiful way to end this episode is love your body. One more little thing. If you can't love your body, get a dog. Okay. (laughs) People 
This one doctor in Australia looked it up, you know, and he let me know. He looked up people who had a heart attack and who had a dog in the house and who didn't. And the people who had a dog in the house had a much better survival rate than those who didn't have a dog in the house. Yes. So we can talk about that love. next time. All right. Yes. Value of Uncon- Unconditional love. Well, thank you for this conversation, right. Bernie. And Bye. everyone listening, share the show. And until the next time we come together, from the heart. Bye for now. Join us next time on Mind Health Matters with Dr. Bernie Siegel. Until then, remember, be fully engaged in life, loving every moment as your unique self. In going deep within to discover ourselves, we can also discover self-love. Then, when we let our hearts make up our minds, we connect what our bodies do so well to the power of love. We can boost our ability to grow and heal along with our self-esteem. The sense of empowerment that results from this mind-body connection is one related to self-induced healing. When you add spirit to that connection, making a mind-body-spirit connection, you nourish your soul. For more insight, go to BernieSiegelMD.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.